Hey, welcome back. Hi, Chris. Hi. You sound so excited. I'm so ready to have this conversation <laughs> with you after almost three weeks. <laughs> yeah, almost three weeks left me hanging there, but I got a couple points. So, because I got some jokes that I really like. So, what's the difference between a crocodile and an alligator? Depends on well, how can you wait? Noah has a joke. Go. How can you tell, tell, tell the difference? <laughs> how failed can you, I failed? No, wait, let me try again. Um, <laughs> go ahead how can you tell the difference between a crocodile and an alligator? That's how that's all. It depends on whether or not you see him again. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow bringing in those dad jokes huh I gotta, going I gotta, go hard I got a better one. I got a better one. What do you, what do you call? An alligator in a vest. An investigator. <laughs> All right, all right. That was, that was pretty good. Uh, I have none for you. I oh. am not in in retention currently of um of jokes. I've been I've been practicing a bit because <laughs> I'm going to the comedy club next week. So. to perform? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just Oh, kidding. oh, okay. Dang, you couldn't even hold up for two seconds. <laughs> you lose your mind. <laughs> you break down so quick. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> yeah, that's a sto story of my life. Well, I have, um, if you haven't heard, because I know how you live under a rock uh, next to Patrick and Spongebob sometimes. Um, Squidward. <laughs> uh, hey, I didn't call you Squidward. You called you Squidward. <laughs> um, but um, you did you hear about DMX passing? Uh, yeah, somewhat. Honestly, I know he. I know he was your favorite. I'll be. I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't even know who that was until they posted the article. Get out of here! <laughs> I don't. What? No. That's Chinese culture. Where No. did oh oh? But that was a couple weeks <laughs> ago. No, I didn't. what? I didn't Well, really we know have who a that. top for. We have several weeks to cover. That's true. No, I didn't really <laughs> know who that was. mm. But. No, he was. Honestly, I found his music to be hilariously fun. Um, it always felt like the guy was having a really good time. Um, it, it was almost like him taking himself seriously was the fun, you know. Um, but I think if I ever wanted a hype man, it would be him. So, respects. <laughs> Yeah, I don't live under a rock. I, I just, All right, I live. you tell me about a current event from from uh, American news that's happened lately. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, that's a good question. No, from American news, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, no, no, I got one. One yep. is pro one is probably not. appropriate but the other one is biden wants to pull the troops out of afghanistan before 9 11 Four nine eleven. before 9 11 Oh, I'm sorry. I, I misheard you there. yeah so he wants to withdraw <laughs> the troops hmm. there you go I mean, I guess that's good. Do you yeah have an opinion on it? just that it's not gonna happen because Oh. this is, this is like the fifth time
So I remember when Obama got elected and he was like, yeah, that's the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to withdraw from the Middle East. And I'm like, yes, I did. I, I couldn't vote for him anyway. I was too young. Right. But and then I think like three months into his presidency, he's like, yeah, I'm going to send like 3000 more. So I don't yeah. know. America's <laughs> go on. Oh, all I was going to say is that it's really funny that I guess it like in the political divide, right, of Republicans to Democrats, it's mm. really funny that Republicans can idolize a president as a superior superior human mm-hmm. without it their own um, priorities as a politician, um, whereas Democrats, especially ones that I've been following and, you know, what have you, they're just like, we don't worship the man. We know it's all a game. We know that they're not out for our best interest. I mean, it's it's all it's it's all just fun, <laughs> fun uh-huh. and manipulation behind the sheets. You know, no transparency, no no promise given um, mm. that isn't without um something to gain. You know, I, um, I don't know if I would be so sure about that because especially when Obama was was voted into office he had like the high one of the highest voter turnouts and he really played that hype train and really got people you know to believe in his message and got a lot of people who voted who had never voted in their lives the same thing happened in the previous election but for obviously different reasons but still those two elections had the higher highest voter turnout and i really do feel that people actually believed in what he said i guess i did to a certain extent but i don't know if that counts because i was so young yeah, I um, wanted to believe it would be different, but honestly, does it not play into the fact that he was just a charismatic yeah. man? And then the fact that he was Black also lent hand to the new potential that things might be different because of the color of his skin? I think that was the beginning of identity politics because mm-hmm. you had this, mm-hmm. you know... <laughs> no, like in this... like Wait, hold on. Like in the sense okay. of... Like, like you should vote for Obama because, you know, if you're black, then you got to vote for Obama because he's black. And then you had the same thing. That, like, that was kind of like one of the messages. That Hillary. Was yeah. And with Hillary, too. You know, if you mm-hmm. if you're a woman, if you vote, you got to vote for Hillary because she's she's a woman, too, which is like one of the worst reasons ever to vote for anyone. Just exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you like vote for him because he's a man because you're also a man. Like, that's a terrible reason. But and now you've been seeing that more and more. Um, but, yeah, he was definitely charismatic. Uh, right. Whether or not he was a good president, I guess is a different story. I didn't really like dive too hard into his politics, but on the surface, you know, he was a very charismatic and lovable person. Yeah, absolutely approachable. Yeah. Um, with Obama, though, I mean, one of the biggest things that stand out to me is specifically like the um, what it, what are we calling them now at the Mexican border? Like, what the immigrants? Are they internment camps? Are they just outposts? Oh to station undocumented uh, people like what what do we want to call it <laughs> they were you know using, what I mean? yeah they he, were throwing he's the one the... that initiated that um oh yeah that's right yeah, yeah and it gets lost in the shuffle a lot but like he i can't validate why that was a good decision to begin with i mean <laughs> like the yeah. way they handled things the way that you know the pictures we have seen it it's not good and mm. man yeah 
Go ahead. It, no, it's not getting. No, they were also calling them concentration camps, which I think is uh, not appropriate at all, not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, because if you go back to like World War II within the United States, you had internment camps for for Japanese Americans mm-hmm. because you were they were afraid that you know they would turn on the the American people, so they stuck them in camps. But you, they didn't exterminate the Japanese, so there weren't concentration camps, and it's not the same thing with immigrants. So I mean, they might not be being treated appropriately, and they definitely deserve a lot better care. But calling them concentration camps, I think, is it's just way too much. Uh, especially because that evokes images of what happened in Europe and those two situations aren't comparable at all. Um, but, but World War II is like the go-to for most people as like the most extreme of anything, you know, but yeah, that's, that's the thing with like with Obama and and Hillary too. And Bernie, Uh, a lot of people got really behind Bernie and, you know, his message and what was like the, the one thing like feel the burn, I think people were saying. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) personally, I feel like, Bernie's made it his priority to do as much activist, you know, stuff as possible. And then the stuff that he was preaching is literally the minimum requirement for caring for a group of people underneath your care. So, well, I was it you that I was talking about with that about how, oh, maybe it was just something I saw online actually, but it was literally that the whole world doesn't see America as a multiple party entity that both Democrats and Republicans are actually right, that we don't actually have any accepted progressive views that if there was a line that Bernie would actually be a neutral politician and that anybody else would actually fall on the right side of that scale that there actually isn't anything past Bernie's view on things because we don't actually have a leftist view. Um, So when they call Bernie an extremist, what they're saying is that it's extreme by their consideration, you know? Yeah. I can't really dive too much into his politics or policies. Uh, I'm not really well-versed in exactly what he wants, but I do know he, Mm. he does lean into, and I hate to to say the word, but it gets thrown around a lot uh more of like a like a liberal socialist kind of view leftist whatever you want to call it but i I hate using those terms because they're so overloaded and they carry they come with a lot of baggage but he's definitely goes closest yeah like (laughs) like, yeah more like a liberal point of view that is definitely i I don't know if you want to say socialist because it always sounds like a dirty term but i don't view it that way yeah i mean yeah, they, they drag it through the mud yeah. um, and they call it extreme. But in reality, he's very aware of how we run things now. And I I kind of agree in the fact that he's more neutral and that really his main concerns are that we should knock down student debt off of people um, and then create universal health care, which I, those being the two major notable things, you know. I think, but I think with student debt, I think that is, it's more of a symptom of American culture uh, rather than its own separate problem because you build people up from, like, it's it's so ingrained in the American culture, you know, when when, when a family gets a child, the first thing they do is they, they start saving for like a college fund and people tell you, no, you got to go to college, you got to get a good degree and you drive all these people into this one avenue. Like if you want to do something with your life, you got to go to college. Yeah. Anything beyond that is just, you know, you're, it's, life is over. Yeah. And 
and and that's kind of the funny thing about college is like I only went to community college and I had a Pell Grant, so I don't have any debt. But mm-hmm. like you're making people sign away like a large portion of their lives uh, just to like experience something and you know start a degree to be I don't know like an English teacher, <laughs> and then you sign up for like forty grand of like debt, and you realize like yeah I really don't want to do that, but you're still stuck with the debt. So there's yeah. no way to experiment in that avenue, but you're kind of like, you know, forcing people into that, into that corner. And it's the same thing with the military too, is that the way veterans are treated in the U S is just terrible, but you yes. raise, you raise people to think, you know, you should be faithful to your country. You should be patriotic. You should love your country and you should fight and die for your country. And then they go to war and they come back with all these scars. And then you kind of say like, Oh, well, that's your problem. And that's, right. and it's, and it's the same thing, like I said, with students and soldiers, it's so disingenuous because people are being trained to think that way. Yeah. And now we have an oversaturated market with yep. high markups on student debt, where these institutions were created in, um, in a way that eliminated on the job, it eliminates on the job training. Now it's almost mm. a requirement to get that uh you know it it reminded me I had just spoke about this woman that I had went to community college with around the same time that you did um it was maybe my first oh no it was it was like my third semester um to to where they didn't require me they didn't tell me it was a requirement to do my freshman orientation Mm -hmm. class credit until Mm -hmm. it was later (laughs) so (laughs) I went back and did it where they did tours of like the college and uh, helped with resumes anyway I had this 65 year old or 68 year old woman as a you know a fellow student Mm -hmm. and her reasoning was that she started as a candy striper lady back in the 40s or 50s whatever that was her first job she stayed in that hospital for the remainder of her time we're talking from when she was 15 16 until now you know about she got kicked out of her job maybe a couple of months beforehand because she no longer had the schooling to do the job that she had experience with for over 40 50 years Mm -hmm. um and it's just like, you know, she was the best at doing all the nurses aid stuff. Like she went from candy striper to nurses aid to nurse, but then slowly got knocked out of that position because she didn't have the certifications or the educational requirements. So she had to go back to college. And I mean, she was in a position where she was forced to do that. She couldn't just retire because her, unfortunately, her husband at the time had cancer. So mm-hmm. she was forced and diabetic. So she was forced paying all these medical bills that were coming in that toppled what she was even making as a, a nurse and then a nurse's aide. So she went, she went up and then she went backwards. So she was forced to get her nursing degree to try to handle that debt. And they had a pigeon p- pigeonholed her held her her finances which she was more than willing to do for the sake of continuing to have a job Mm. and they took all that right out from under her they didn't even give her a chance to go to school part-time and maintain the job they said absolutely not sorry it requires it requires x amount of certifications whatever you know um educational degree um so it was just a shame like if you think about how things have where, where they've gone you know yes I think education is important 
but <laughs> in, in context of even her situation, I mean, her experience should have mounted for the same amount of value, you know, if not more. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. So like over here in Germany, you have like a two, you have to make it very simple. You have like a two tier system. You can either go to college or you can do an internship and or pr- apprenticeship sorry not an internship an apprenticeship although oh, you can okay. oh, you can do both it doesn't actually matter actually in school you have to do an internship um to know like what do you want to be when you grow up so like you do an internship when you're like 12 and like a company like in a kindergarten for like one or two weeks and you write a report about it um oh. <clears throat> but after school you can do an apprenticeship basically anywhere you can be a carpenter you can be a plumber you can be an electrician you can be um uh, a programmer like there are like a whole bunch of uh, apprenticeships here in Germany and it's really anchored into the culture and they usually last like three years and after that you can like you can do up to like a like a master's basically in your mm. field and you can earn a lot of money you can earn just as much if not more than someone who went to university but those kind of things are becoming less and less attractive like no one wants to be like a baker no one wants to be a butcher no one wants to be a librarian even though you can make good money doing it you can make a couple thousand right. dollars you can make a couple like, thousand that sounds dollars. fun yeah I'd you can make here let's go <laughs> yeah, you, you can make a couple grand a month so it's not yeah. like it's not a poor it's not like a poor job but the government has basically been like yeah we want to get people from like you know from the suburbs into like universities and people from like the countryside into schools and they've been pressuring people to go to university and university doesn't really cost a lot of money here it's still like a couple mm. hundred dollars a semester but that's not the problem the problem is you have the market is oversaturated. So like almost everyone has at least a bachelor's degree, which, yeah. is, which is given. And you have a lot of these, <laughs> a lot of these jobs are starting to die out. Um, like you can go to like a bakery, like there are three or four of them in the city, but they're slowly starting to be taken over by the, the, the supermarkets. Yeah. Instead of paying like third, what is it? What is the roll cost? Like instead of paying like 30 cents for like a bread roll, you can go to like the supermarket and pay like 10 cents. And right. And they, they taste terrible. Like they're not yeah, good at it's all. It's not the same. But <clears throat> and so a lot of these things are starting to start to die out. And um, yeah, so the market is definitely oversaturated with like people who have degrees. People are too overqualified. Yeah. And it's, it's really sad. Like in terms of quality, I, I have to tell you, I just made pancakes from scratch today because we were out of our normal pancake mix which cost yeah. us like what a dollar 34 to just add water to it at any <laughs> point but like yeah. literally it took me two minutes to put together a very basic recipe for homemade pancakes and they tasted vastly different like in quality yeah. and I just don't understand why why a person would subject their taste buds to trash like I Tim literally looked at me and was like, we can't go back from this. You did it. <laughs> like, he's like, he's like, oh no, this is, this is good. Like why? We do that with pizza too. We make our own pizza. Yeah. Like we don't buy frozen pizza and it's, it's really not a lot of work, you know? Uh, it's just like dough. It's just water, flour, and like some salt and oil. And it really only takes yeah. like half an hour. It's not a lot of money. Right. And it tastes so much better than like the dollar or two you spend on frozen pizza. It's true. I I agree. I could even say that about like frozen meats versus like just the raw meat that you're purchasing, even from the store. Although I would say overall, my goal for life in general is that I would rather have a garden instead of a lawn. I'd rather 
buy directly from a butcher and freeze the meat myself and use that throughout the year versus going to a grocery store. I'd rather become as self-sustainable as as humanly possible. (laughs) Solar panels. Oh, well, that sounds like a lot like a commune. Well, I mean, I quite honestly, I'd say the trends on TikTok, a lot of people honestly agree that they'd rather do the work than go for the convenient item i would yeah i think that's being a bit too romantic i don't i don't think it's necessarily possible unless we take a huge step back um because modern life has become so busy there's no way that you're like there are a lot of things you can do on your own like my my wife for example is like planted tomatoes and cucumbers and and uh, potatoes and whatnot so there's a lot of stuff you can do on your own but like a lot of stuff you have to leave to other people you know what i mean well, and, I would rather barter, barter with those people than pay a convenience store. Well, I mean, I'll give them money. Bring in those products for me. Well, sure. I have no problem giving them money. I'd rather give them like maybe a couple dollars more than what I would give like, let's say Walmart, for example. Yeah. Um, I would have no problem, but I want to do it myself. I mean, because I have other stuff to do. Otherwise, I'm just spending the whole day like making food. <laughs> you know I, mean, I mean, as obsessive I, as obsessive as I am, I quite honestly wouldn't have a problem with it. Mm, to a certain extent, but I don't want it to like dominate my day. Um, but what yeah, do, what do you what do you think I'm doing? Where's <laughs> your mind at? So like when you think of it, what's going on in your mind? So I'm talking about having even a traditional home, and then adding solar paneling for for uh, you know energy, and then adding maybe um, a rainwater system. So that this way it's more productive for both the plants and my my water system, you know? Like Yeah, any- okay, that's different. Yeah, I, thought- I know. I was like, you went straight <laughs> to commune and I'm like, well, yeah, sure, at some level, but communes normally have several people willingly living there to pitch in so that they're not it's not taking up their full. I'm talking about waking up like an extra hour early to water these plants, not like four to five hours of my day <laughs> okay that's legitimate yeah raised I, garden beds because i refuse to be working like like bent over in the dirt <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm like i'm lazy <laughs> like i will say it right now i am not trying to work hard <laughs> well we have modern we have modern and technology that we could utilize to our advantage to make things a little more effortless you know oh like using two by fours and doing small plants like up that and then you just have to use a little bit of water on the top and then it trickles down uh i know i'm not great at visually describing verbally describing what i visually have seen (laughs) but it's fine (laughs) they're just small goals oh Um, i'm terrible with plants though I have an, another another plan. I definitely plan on doing. Um, well, I guess my original objective was to try to build a um, tiny house from scratch one day. But now I've reverted to just um, like maybe renovating a van. A van. So, That's so seventies. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's go back to practical living. Um, you know, I, I would love to take, what is it? I, I have the name. It's an E450 super heavy duty um, van. It's like one of those small buses, essentially, 
where it has like a passenger load of like 25 to 40 people and I'd love to take out something like that and just make it my vehicle of choice and just take it out every weekend just go explore freaking park in Walmart parking lots (laughs) overnight if I have to (laughs) but yeah there's just this upsurgence of um not living traditionally that I'm absolutely in love with and you know what I'm okay if it's really romantic and it's still a lot of work I'm I'm okay with it (laughs) I'm willing Mm. to put the work in oh also (laughs) sorry nope go ahead no no I I, I could do that just not forever I'd do that for like a year or two yeah 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 yeah. I wouldn't I, I think that the objective would be to save up money like it would just be an alternative option to go travel the u.s i I have my passport so i could go wherever canada wherever and by wherever i mean anything connected to the u.s (laughs) that doesn't i don't count that as going abroad though just i know we oh you're you and your technicalities (laughs) it's fine uh but uh let's see oh i i i want to state since when we were bringing up current topics it sounded Mm -hmm. like you didn't know but um i believe that black lives matter you know okay you know that's fun um there was a recent shooting uh of a it was a routine traffic stop of this black man and this dumb very dumb officer Uh, her taser for and her gun it happens (laughs) it shouldn't (laughs) (laughs) this cop this cop came on tiktok and was literally like oh wow the weight of a gun and the weight of a taser are drastically different and in my opinion it kind of just leads me to believe that she faked the confusion and it blows me away how protected she is um she, after 20 26 years on the force and she for she she legit confused her her tools like do you think it you think it's impossible or improbable ask me the question like do you again. think it's impossible for someone to confuse those two things or you think it's improbable for someone to confuse those two things i think it's very unlikely like uh, okay it's, it's just well yeah that's true. i think I, are we are we talking six months into the force and you're alone and you're panicked because the person's slightly resisting arrest and therefore you call taser and it turns out to be your gun maybe but this woman's been on the force for 26 years and even with the minimal training required to be a police officer, mm. it, 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 I'm sorry, but I could be blind and tell the difference in weight between two items that have a drastic weight difference. A gun has a weight to it that can't be mistaken, in my opinion. And I think that even to the untrained feel, <laughs> like literally you put both in my hand as a Mm. non-professional who's only been to the gun range twice 
I'd still be able to tell the difference between that and something that weighs closer to a freaking Nerf gun, you know, like in terms of weight, like there's just, it's different. Mm. Um, and I think that anybody who takes their job as seriously as a cop should, um, should just know the difference. Um, I think it's very also easy to fake a, a response. Uh, mm-hmm. if, we don't know her history in 26 years. Uh, we don't know her record. We don't know if she's ever been in a situation similar to this. We don't know if she's ever had any issues with gun problems. But I just think personally that if I were a cop, it would be my job to know the difference. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I heard about that. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about what happened in, what's it called, Indianapolis, because there's also shooting. But there's so many shootings, I can't honestly keep track. <laughs> but, <clears throat> but yeah, I did hear about that. Um, was this even more recent? Yeah, on the was 15th. Ju- yeah, that was two days ago. Yeah, no, FedEx. Um, but then you get into the whole, like, police brutality or, like, talking about gun laws. Mm, and I think that kind of detracts from the whole conversation. Because I, I, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I think that when these things happen, it's kind of like the wrong time to talk about these kind of issues. Because in that moment, everyone's kind of charged. But once you know it kind of dies down, then everyone forgets. And then it, it flares back up again, and then it dies down. You know, it kind of, it's like an up and down. And I think it'd be more sensible to talk about these issues in between as opposed to when it's, you know, happening in the moment. You know what I mean? Like, you should still talk about it. I'm not saying, like, oh, like, you know, uh, just, you know, another shooting. I think that would be very disingenuous. But trying to enact laws or enact change in the moment uh, is not really effective, in my opinion, as opposed to, you know, talking about it, like, all the time. You know, to make people aware that this is a very pressing issue but what were you going to say so um all i was going to say is that for cops like this is me saying like it's not just about gun laws Mm. i think that that the way that the police are funded and where that money goes is wrong i think that there should be mandatory monthly requirements to go over gun safety and gun shooting practice and when to take out the guns there um i believe i looked at the missouri it was like 2018 when i looked at the requirements for a missouri police officer and most often than not those police officers um if they get practice in Mm. it's only of their own accord the police departments do not supply them or encourage them to do that practice. Once you've gone through your initial training, which is probably the most you're going to get while being on the police force, mm. um, it's it's pretty much you're on your own. Um, you know, you can know police salaries aren't enough. Police therapy, there is hardly any unless you've been a victim of something serious in which they may do some type of mental assessment, but otherwise there's no follow through. Uh, if you've done something wrong, you're repping, you're, while you may have a record within the police department for those issues, it, it's often, unless it's publicly viewed, 
is not a, something that's seriously addressed. Um, the military mentality um, between co like coworkers is very like we're here mm. for each other and we support each other. Um, so there's just a lot of issues and where their funding goes is often on military grade items, um, resources that are then housed to protect them if things hit the fan, yeah. but <laughs> that's not, that shouldn't be the priority, you know? And then it, it, there's just a lot of faults. And then there's the question of what are these people in it for? What is their objective as individuals and how do we hold them accountable? And, and how do we reprimand them um, when we notice things are going wrong. So mm -hmm. there was a study done amongst police officers where maybe, maybe 15% of them are there with good intention to do good by their community. There is a 45% chance that, that they have ill intent that they're out for themselves. The percentage in between good and bad cops are people who just roll over they're, they're neutral. They don't necessarily do the right thing. They're willing to, but it's more of a hassle. So if somebody's coming in with ill intent and they're sitting there, they're going to wind up rolling over. That's what happened with George Floyd. Somebody that the officer was allowed to sit on his neck for nine minutes. And that's not protocol. Not one of the other cops in that situation decided to call him out because cops are supposed to stick together regardless. Mm. And so those who roll over are just as bad as those who have bad intentions. So well, how do you, true. you know, and so it's like, okay, so <clears throat> let everyone keep their guns. But then, you know, another solution I found, which I absolutely loved, I posted on Facebook yesterday, <laughs> was... <laughs> was malpractice insurance so if a cop does wrong he's gonna have an insurance he has to pay hmm. and if it's a small issue then it's a small increase in pay but if it's something big and they decide to stay on the force even so their premiums are gonna skyrocket and it's gonna force them to resign from their job sooner hmm. so that's an extra guarantee that could come with it if they could do it in the medical field, I don't understand why they couldn't adopt it into the police force. Well, I mean, they do, but indirectly. I think the city pays for that or the department, but not the cop per yeah. se. I think that there should be more risk to the person and their benefits. Because, I mean, that woman, she's still going to get her benefits. She shot, mm -hmm. she shot that man. Um, and yes, she has to face manslaughter, I believe. Mm. But it it wasn't, you know what I mean? It, it's not even the worst degree that she could have gotten. I mean, that might change because <clears throat> I do believe with the other case with George Floyd at the very beginning, it was also a different charge. And I believe they upped it, but yeah, I'm not. They but did. I'm, yeah. So, I mean, they could up it. Um, my only gripe is that it does really feel like a one-sided issue where, you know, when these people get shot, it's usually kind of like a like a white on black crime and that's kind of the way they frame it and it, in that case it might very well be but i always wonder about like all the other cases that kind of go unreported 
And I wish that they would be more reported in like the terms of like police brutality mm-hmm. because often it's framed in a very racial manner and the cases might actually be, the person might actually be racial bias. I'm not saying it's not, but yeah. I but always to just think- subjectively say, Oh, because they were white and they were black. It, it undermines the situation, which is, it's not necessarily like a white on black thing. It's a cop misusing their power. Yes. And that, that's the overarching issue. And that kind of trickles down, you know, yeah. you, you, cop misuses the power and then it turns into like a race thing. And that just, and I always wonder about like all these cases we never hear about um, because like, there's no sensationalism behind it. Um, I guess it's, it's somewhat of like a, what would you call it? Like morbid curiosity, you know, with, with a lot of these things. Well, maybe not. No, that's the wrong term. Sensationalism, I think is better. But yeah, oh, okay. we'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the that was the wrong term. Morbid curiosity, something else. But yeah, a lot of these things are sensational, and so and people are there, and and then like in a couple of weeks, everyone forgets it, and then the next one happens, and it's just kind of like it's a cycle. Uh, yeah, which, which breaks my heart. Yeah. But yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I just had to rant about it because I've been having feelings and i i know that you haven't been keeping up with marvel stuff but uh you don't uh just a note of similar information uh the most oh spoiler alert i guess if you marvel no hold on If, if you've been watching falcon and winter soldier i'm going to be talking about the recent episode so um i was just about to watch that I know you're not, so don't even <laughs> pretend with me. You can fool our audience, but you can't fool me. <laughs> no, no, that 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 was a warning for everybody else. It just came out, I believe, on the 16th. Mm-hmm. So my what what makes it so relevant is that there was a black man who had experienced um after after Steve Rogers uh, was successfully made as captain and you know and became captain america and what have you a co- like a couple of years later they gathered several black men to experiment on them to mm-hmm. try to recreate that serum that went so perfectly well for steve rogers and each one of them were given a different one and only out of all of them uh, he doesn't describe how many of them there were but let's just say 10 he's the only survivor And within that situation, he wanted and he had the bravery that Steve Rogers had, but they were all just treated like animals. And there was a point where some of the men who were still still survived at the time from their serums, um, they had gotten captured behind Mm -hmm. enemy lines. And I know that you probably don't know about Winter Soldier. I I didn't think you watched it. I don't even know who Falcon is, but go on. Oh, okay. Um yeah i know i it, it's just the point that this man tried to do everything that steve rogers did mm-hmm. steve rogers was successful he went into nazi internment camps freed people got some soldier american soldiers back from enemy lines and he was seen as the hero but this man because of the color of his skin he was treated awfully he he went and he saved those other men, and it didn't matter anyway. They beat the living hell out of him, <laughs> and then they threw him in jail for thirty something years. Mm-hmm. And it's just a reminder that, like, the color of your skin seems to matter to too many people, 
and he was trying to discourage the Falcon from becoming the new Captain America, which is a clear, like, it's a clear path from the comics that they're they're utilizing for the storyline, and it's just, like, that was something that kind of wrecked him for a minute. Like, mm. he, he's just, like, based on this man's experience, he feels like there never could be a Black Captain America. But, you know, then he, he goes through his own thinking, and he's just like, you know what, no, this is my role, this is what I'm coming into, and I absolutely am Captain America. And it felt so good for him to come to that conclusion. But, like, hearing that man's story, it wrecked me. I was crying like a baby. <laughs> oh, man. But, anyway, I'm going I'm to switch the topic just a little bit. All right. And do a really funny and random. It's just so random. But what are your feelings of mold? (laughs) Of mold? Like mold and like to mold something or mold like as in like molded food. Will you eat it? Uh I don't know. Um, it really depends. (laughs) Like there's this German philosophy of if you eat like confectionaries, so like honey or marmalade or whatnot, and there's uh-huh. mold on it, they'll generally still eat it. Not all, but this is more of like uh, the thinking that comes after World War II because a lot of this food wasn't actually readily available. So even if there's mold on it, you're not just going to throw it away because you don't know when you're going to get food again. And the Fair. thinking behind, at least with like these things that have a high sugar content, is that it doesn't spread throughout the food. So you can just cut away the source. Uh, so just cut away that spot and keep the rest of that and you'll still find people in germany that have that thinking that if you see like you know butter or well butter's not sugary but like marmalade or what or jam or nutella or whatnot that they'll just cut that part out and eat it i won't do that i'll throw it all out <laughs> but, <laughs> but no i don't i don't like mold or anything that's based off of mold like because there's some like moldy cheeses and whatnot yeah, I so I guess I heard another podcaster mention they went to go eat some cheese and they thought it tasted funny. Went in for another bite and when he pulled that out, there was visible green mold. And he hmm. was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, you also have maggot cheese. Oh That's no, what? I can't. No, what? <laughs> oh my God, what? <laughs> you got like cheese in, I, I don't know if it's in Switzerland or in Italy, but you have these types of cheeses that um have holes in them due to maggots now that's not like the swiss cheese you know of this is a completely different type of cheese but but yeah so there are people who eat that but that's uh, banned in some countries for obvious reasons yeah (laughs) it's it's a cultural thing no i don't eat mold oh Uh, it's so weird to say maggots are a cultural thing (laughs) well i mean i would eat i would eat them i mean some people do eat them but like fried or whatnot, you know, like Simone and Pumbaa and whatnot. So <laughs> I don't know if you could convince me. I mean, I can't even get over the fact that people don't mind tarantula. Like I can't. That's not it's not in my wheelhouse. I can't uh, what was it? Uh do you know how many humans exist on this planet? Not enough. Do um, you know like in, in compare seven, seven billion? Mm. 
Do you know there's about three times that of insects in this world? Yeah, I know. It's wild. We're not the predators. We're not. We're not on top. They're just waiting. They could just turn on us whenever they want to. That reminds (laughs) me of of a funny story with Australian Uruguay, wherein there are around like 40 million kangaroos in Australia and around 8 million people in Uruguay. And so if the kangaroos ever decide to invade Uruguay, each person is going to have to fight off around like, I don't know, like a couple kangaroos. Yeah, it's pretty scary, but yeah. like with the insects, I don't really think that's a big problem. I like insects. There was did I tell you about that story that there was a girl who had uh she I think she ran out of some type of deodorant uh-huh. and she ended up using her normal perfume and she went out for a run during I would say a couple of weeks into quarantine mm-hmm. and she was probably maybe a good mile away from her house when a kangaroo came and rushed her and literally started to attack her. And she was so freaked out that she just ran to the next house that had a car, you know, in the driveway. And uh, literally the kangaroo, like, knocked down their fence and then, like, was so angry. (laughs) Like, just beat her down to the ground and she like rushed in she like you know like if a murderer was after you level of uh just like going into the house and the kangaroo literally waited for her like angrily like moving around in the front yard like kicking over bushes hitting like it looked like it was having a full-blown tantrum (laughs) and like they the the owner of that house had her in there for maybe a full hour before the kangaroo decided to go away and even after that they were so afraid for the woman that they winded up driving her home but you know it's just scary like you're like oh god like they just got so comfortable and then they had to assume that it was the perfume that like just invoked rage (laughs) i wonder what was in that perfume I thought you were going to talk about that one woman who used super glue instead of hairspray for her her oh, hair. I, <laughs> she does not deserve our time. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. We're almost out like, of time, so. Oh wow! Did, yeah. Are we? Are we almost? Oh no! Oh man! Well, I guess just to finish up the mold conversation, it was solely just that I I agree with you. I think anything that smells or looks like it's about to turn there's no salvaging it um i i guess it depends exactly what it is because i don't know if there's a piece of bread in a loaf of bread then maybe there's something to salvage but it depends on the size like if it's a couple of dots maybe but like if it's a whole piece of bread not the whole bag's just been been taken over no. You, don't, you don't want them spores in your mouth if it's if it's in a bag there's no even if there's one uh piece that's spoiled there's no point in keeping the rest you can just throw it out right so, yeah which breaks my well, heart I, I hate throwing out food yeah. yeah yeah i agree i i was gonna actually go into a little more serious rant about that but i think uh our black lives matter you know conversation was heavy enough for this episode yeah <laughs> Sorry for taking it into a deep, you know, thing. I'm there's so much to talk about, and it's nice catching up with you, though. It was nice catching up to you too. Don't let me hang again. So yeah, yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll hang you out to dry whenever I All want. Right. It's fine. <laughs> All right, bye, friend. <laughs> bye. <laughs> mm.